This is Saving the Game, a Christian podcast about tabletop role-playing and collaborative storytelling. Recorded Thursday, January 12th of 2017, it's episode 103. In this episode, Kimmy, Chris, and Chrissy join us to discuss personal fitness, both at and away from the gaming table. Plus, a quick trip through time to discuss apocalyptic settings and systems. Hey folks, Grant here. This is the second half of our conversation with Chrissy, Kimmy, and Chris about fitness for gamers. If you missed the first half, I do recommend backing up and listening to that. We talked about why exercise and physical fitness matter, focused and unfocused exercise, setting good goals, and a lot more. It was great, and you really shouldn't miss it. If you're all caught up, though, let's jump right into part two. I do want to move on. We've spent a lot of time on this, and we have more to cover, although the next (laughs) few topics should, I think, go a little faster, if Mm -hmm. only because we've covered them partially already. (laughs) (laughs) Exercise is about 20% of the equation, according to what I've heard. Diet is about the other 80%. There are other things that combine with that. And let's say nutrition and not diet. Mm, Point. Because diet has a lot of negative connotations, and that's not what we're talking about. It's diet in the terms of, these are the types of foods I eat, as opposed to, this is the type of food I'm eating for the short-term period Mm -hmm. to uh, lose this X amount of pounds. Right. Or these are what I don't eat. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And I actually don't want to start with food. I want to start with water. Because I realized, just as a personal example here, I realized as I was preparing dinner tonight, I had not drunk anything except two-thirds a pot of coffee today. Oh. That's a common problem for me because I work in software development. (laughs) (laughs) That and Mountain Dew, right? Uh, No, I've gotten out of the soda habit. Thank goodness. Good for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard one. In part because I had to cut out caffeine for anxiety issues. Mm. But er, and I stopped buying it a while ago. Yeah, that mm. helps too. I will drink soda if it's there, but you don't buy it, so I don't feel the need for soda at home. Right. right. That's some of what we're going to talk about here. But hydration's really, really critical. And yeah. I want to hear from professionals on why that is. Because I know it is, but I couldn't tell you why. Well, the base answer is the percentage of our bodies that is water is, you know, about what, uh, 70 to 80%, you know, water, basically. So the fact that so much of you is this liquid um, and it doesn't stay in there, you know, Mm -hmm. you you realize it doesn't stay in there because you pee three times a day. So you, and you sweat. So clearly you're losing this and so it has to be replaced. And replacing it with things that look like water but may have tremendous amounts of carbonation and sugar doesn't quite accomplish the task properly. Yes, you are intaking fluids and it does quote unquote work, but it's not the same thing. And so what you lose, you need to replace with that very same thing. And so that's why it is so important, you know, whether or not you want to subscribe to the whole eight glasses a day thing or not, that's kind of up to you, but you got to drink some water. You know, you absolutely have to drink water. Yeah. I mean, at a basic cellular level for your body, like if you don't have enough fluid in your body, if you're not hydrated, the cells don't have adequate fluid in them, so they don't work as well. So that can cause things like muscles having problems a lot of when people get, you know, charley horses or cramps and things like that. A lot of time it's because they're they're not hydrated. Um, it also has a lot to do with how your body breaks down the food that you're eating and pulls nutrients from it. 
Um, all these things, like tons of things are affected. Your brain function even is really affected by how hydrated you are because the water and fluids in your body are really how everything moves around. So like really, really, really important. I recently read a study that said that people who increased their water intake had fewer headaches and migraines and they were less severe. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. You know, if you think about it, and you just kind of alluded to this just a little bit ago, Grant, when you wake up in the morning, you know, one of the, one of the first things I do when I, when I wake up in the morning and I'm going through my morning routine, I do drink, I would say, if I had to put an ounce number on it, I would say probably maybe six, six to eight ounces uh, of water. I just pour myself a glass and drink it. Because if you think about it, at that time, I have not consumed any water for at least seven to possibly eight or more hours. So for at least a third of the day, although I was sleeping, so I didn't, I, I missed it all. I haven't put any liquids in my body, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, having some just a little bit right away in the morning can be a big help to your body as you move forward uh, throughout the first part of your day. And that's an easy change too. Mm-hmm. It's a very easy change to do, and it doesn't it doesn't require. And you know, this was actually one of the pieces of advice when we were talking about soda. Or pop, depending upon what, or Coke, depending upon what part of the country you're from. <laughs> um, you know, if you can get rid of it completely, you should. It's a yes, it yes, it tastes good. Um, I, I do love, I do love me Dr. Pepper. But if you can completely get rid of it, you should. If you can't, if you absolutely cannot, then you should at least each can that you of soda that you consume, you should consume the exact same amount of water. Um, I would say double. And and I would be totally I would totally agree with you in that sense in in an effort to try and get you off of that absolutely yeah yeah now soda is oh god I love soda so much <laughs> um, so and it is the the wagon I fall off of and then get back on and fall off of I'm currently on the wagon with the soda you know generally I get on the wagon and I'm good and you know I mean it is an, an addictive substance. So whether you're talking about diet sodas or regular sodas or all these things, your body does become, you know, kind of dependent on them. So while you're making those choices, like that's a good goal. Like that we're talking about goals earlier for your nutritional goals. You know, my first goal when I left school for winter break is like, all right, I'm giving up soda again. So I did my little like withdrawal period where I feel awful for and super cranky for a couple of days. And then I'm really, really nice to my husband after that because I've been really probably mean to him for the last <laughs> few days. Um, you know, set a small goal for yourself. If you're drinking a ton of soda every day, cut down on how much, make, cut it in half. And then once you hit that goal, continue with that and, you know, drink more water because soda has no nutritional value. You know, there's other sources. If you need caffeine for your job or your life, there are other much more healthy sources that you can get caffeine from. That's one of the number one health things, especially when I'm working with somebody. You know, number one, you cut out the soda and it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, I I allow myself one soda a week. When mm-hmm. I get groceries, because I usually go out to eat with my mom, and then I go get groceries, and so that's my cheat day. Yeah. And I will, I will get a soda at the store, drink it on the drive home, mm-hmm. and other than that, no soda comes into my house unless we have company. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How much difference is there between the regular and diet stuff while we're on this topic? It depends uh, what you want to classify as difference. I mean, obviously, yeah. the, the diet soda—the diet soda doesn't have any, doesn't have you know, forty plus grams of sugar, so that's a good thing. But that's replaced with most of the time artificial sweeteners, which is another you know bag of problems as far as how the, that that stuff can affect your body 
uh, short-term and long-term. Yeah, and some people are very sensitive. That Grant's really sensitive to artificial sweeteners. Since I have been pregnant, I can't stand artificial sweeteners. They taste horrible to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, artificial sweeteners are an instant migraine trigger for me. Oh, that's that awful. And the smell of popcorn. Oof. Hooray. Oh, <laughs> well, I the, also there's a lot of debate about this. People don't know why, but people who drink diet sodas in the long term actually lose less weight or actually gain weight more than people who are drinking normal sodas, which seems very counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, speculation in the scientific community about why, like whether the aspartame and all these others still trigger the insulin reactions that sugars do. Um, the newest one I read, actually, it was just like three weeks ago I was reading, is they're thinking that it changes the bacteria in your digestive system. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. They're still kind of like looking into that, but I think that's a very interesting take on that. So while diet soda may seem like the middle ground here, it actually in the long run is not even talking about the possible, can you know, cancer-causing effects of some of these sweeteners and stuff um, may actually shoot you in the foot with weight loss. You know, and if you're looking for things to replace it, because a lot of people simply can't drink, they just, for some reason, regular water just doesn't do it for them. They might be able to have a glass, but, but yeah. on a consistent basis, a lot of people can't do it. And so there are sometimes substitutions. Uh, tea, certainly, whether it's hot or cold tea, just, you know, again, watch and watch the, ca the caffeine there, because sometimes, you know, too excessive ca caffeine consumption can be a problem. Um, mm -hmm. So that can add a little bit of flavor to make the water a bit more easily palatable for you. But also, too, there's the carbonated waters that are just simply water, carbonation, and some natural flavoring. And you have to make sure that you read the ingredients on those because there are some that yeah. have some sort of chemicals and, and are maybe even possibly artificial sweeteners in there. But you want the ones that are just simply the water, the natural flavors, and the carbonation. Those ones a lot of times can satisfy needing that that pop sensation in your mouth when you drink soda pop or you know yeah. a carbonated beverage. It can it satisfies that because there's flavor and there's the carbonation. And you can also try the infused waters. Chop up some fruit and let it sit in a bottle of water and mm -hmm. see if that works for you. I yeah, would yeah. rather drink the water and eat the fruit, but that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I want to move this a little bit more towards food, but one thing that I have found talking about hydration, is very often I confuse hunger and thirst. Yeah. Uh, my body is telling me I want to put something in my mouth. And I go and I go get a snack. Whereas what I'm really kind of being told, and I have confused myself through years of bad habits or just not paying attention, is, hey, I'm thirsty. And so often, if I have a cup of water, I eat less. A, I'm full. There's more in my stomach. I'm not getting as many hunger cues, but also I'm not eating and then not satisfying that desire that my body's trying to tell me. No, that's absolutely true. And that's really, really important. As you add more water, you will find yourself snacking less, A, because you're full, and B, because you're actually doing what your body needs and not trying to trick it. Um, food. Food is, I think, where a lot of people get hung up because it's so complicated. And, you know, as we can see from just what Kimmy was talking about, they don't have all the answers yet. <laughs> no. Right. They still, right. No. <laughs> scientists still don't understand exactly how food and our bodies work. So every year there are going to be new discoveries and different things to try. So you have to find what works for you. Yeah. Just kind of starting on the, the nutrition thing. A lot of people will swear by different diets and things like that. Just like with the what we're talking about with focused exercise, 
Know yourself, know what you can afford, know what you're capable of sustaining, and kind of choose the life, the, the life changes that work for you. You know, again, I love what Christy was saying earlier about the weight loss and that being, you know, if I'm going to lose 10 pounds, that's your end point. And then you have permission to go back to doing whatever you want. You want to make changes that you can continue for the foreseeable future with occasional celebration days and things like that, where, yeah, maybe you're going to make different choices on those smaller days. So really, a lot of people have like the nutritional changes that they swear by. Read up and find the thing that works for you. And please don't chase fads. No, oh, gosh, no. Yeah. The, the, the really tough part about food, and, and, and I struggle with this uh, myself even to this day, is that when it comes to like exercise, if you are exercising and you end up hating exercising, you can walk away from exercising and uh-huh. never go back to exercising again and just leave it alone and just go and live about your life. What ends up happening to you is, a, is another story. But you can walk away from it. You cannot walk away from food. You right. are. You have to eat. You have to eat every single day. It can be this constant battle because the temptation to eat crappy food is always there, and you, it, it's it much harder to walk away from because you have to eat. So it becomes this daily struggle, which can build up a tremendous amount of frustration and anger and angst and anxiety and all of these other things, which can really be very self defeating. Um, uh-huh. When it comes to this kind of stuff, and so you have to, just like what Kimmy was saying, you have to do what works. You have to know your body, know your mind, and what works yeah. for you, and focus on that. And and really, if there was any place that you're going to start small, it would need to be this place. Um, yeah. You know, even if it's just something as simple as I'm going to replace this with this. So I'm going to not get this particular bag of chips anymore. I'm going to substitute it with these particular vegetables. Even something as simple as that, you accomplish that task, you move on. This is very much a thing that is accomplished with baby steps over a tremendously long amount of time. And it does pay benefits down the road. It just takes a while to get there. One thing I want to throw in real quick, and we're going to be talking about this as we wrap up talking about willpower. There's a problem that we all face called decision fatigue. We run out of the ability to make decisions if we have to make a lot of them. And it can be very easy to feel overwhelmed and feel fatigued by decision-making if you're trying to make a lot of nutritional changes at once. So it may be helpful to, as Chris said, make a change and stick with it, but make that decision and stick with it and just be done with it. Yes. Rather than putting yourself in a situation where you have to decide over and over whether to eat the good thing or the easy thing. Yeah, I I tell people to make one small change every like two weeks. So start eating an apple with your lunch every day. If you like apples, fine. That will help fill you up so you eat more apple and less stuff that's not good for you. Once that is ingrained, pick one more change. Change what you have for breakfast. Switch from Doritos to Cheez-Its. You know, whatever small change you can make that will help you start moving towards a healthier you. Yeah. You want to make changes that are sustainable. So I I tell people something very similar to what uh, Chrissy just said. Um, Make a change. And then once you stop thinking about that change and it's a habit and it's just part of your life, then make another one. So that way, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, what we were talking about earlier with the exercise or, you know, the taking your dog for a walk or whether it's giving up soda or, 
you know, maybe making sure that you eat breakfast every morning, things like that. That way it's it's doable. You've, you're just making it part of your life rather than forcing your life to fit something else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you're making lifestyle changes without even necessarily realizing that you're making lifestyle changes. And at the end of a year, when you go and look back like, oh my gosh, I used to eat this and I used to eat this. And you have realized that you haven't eaten those things for several months. And maybe even by this time, you may not necessarily even want that. You know, when I stopped drinking pop, in the times that I would have it, I'd kind of get that urge to have a can of pop. And so I'd go and I'd get it and I'd be two sips into it and think, I'm done. I can't do, I can't drink anymore because it's just... It's so antithetical to my body at this point. I can't, I just can't consume it anymore. And you realize, wow, I've, I've moved beyond and away from this food that was, you know, kind of uh, harmful to me. Right. And one thing I noticed when I started exercising and losing weight is as I started demanding more of my body, my cravings changed and I wanted cleaner food and I wanted mm-hmm. more fruits and vegetables and I wanted less processed junk food because my body didn't need that. It needed something else. Mm-hmm. So again, it all ties together. And you know, if you start exercising, your body will kind of support you in your diet change. That's super important. You know, making sure that you're, what you're putting into your body has high nutritional value is I think number one with starting to make the changes that will help you in all aspects of your fitness. A lot of times, you know, you see these products that are low fat, low calorie, and yeah, maybe they do have low calories, but they have so much sodium in them Mm -hmm. that you're going to fall over in a heart attack in a week. Or, you know, they have all these chemicals that, you know, your body doesn't actually process and break down. So, you know, being a gaming podcast, we're all nerds here. Do your scientific research. You know, if we can look up and, you know, memorize all the rules to D&D 5e, we can definitely start, you know, doing a little bit of research about what's in our actual food that we're putting into our bodies. Exactly. Yeah, take the time and do that. Well, in, in even in even gamifying it to a certain point, saying, you know, this particular food is going to give me, you know, a plus one to, you know, my strength. This type of food is going to give me <laughs> plus one to my, you know, my intelligence or my wisdom because it's increasing my comprehension and I'm not getting brain fog from eating this particular thing. Sure. I guarantee there's an app out there that gamifies that sort of thing. There must be by now. <laughs> well, I was going to wait and talk about one that, but on willpower, I'll wait and I'll talk about it in willpower. You'll okay. get, you'll have a, I'll, I'll be a later reveal. One more. Um, I do, oh, go ahead. Yeah. One more um, thing. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go. go. Sorry. No, 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 no. I was going to say, I was going to say one more thing about, about food and, and grocery shopping, but go ahead and finish what you're going to say. Oh, why don't you finish that? And then I was going to talk about like the trap of counting calories. Okay. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. You, there's there's often this this advice that goes that goes around saying the vast majority of the foods that you actually really need to eat can be found all on the outer edges of a grocery store, and all of the interior aisles are the things that you don't necessarily need. What's on the outer edges is your produce, uh, mm-hmm. your meats. Uh, even your frozen fruits and vegetables, those kinds of things, all of that stuff can be found on the outer edges. And there's very little on the Mm -hmm. interior that you really actually need. And that is true to a certain extent, uh, depending, of course, on the grocery store that you're in. But, you know, as a general reminder in your head, if you're in an aisle where everything is inside a box, you're probably in the wrong aisle. Right. Yeah, I've just, I don't go down the aisles as much anymore. And I will say, you know, as we're talking about dieting, it can be more expensive to eat healthily. 
but the benefits are so major. Mm-hmm. You know, even though your grocery bill may go up $30, $40, you will feel so much better. Hopefully and, medical bills will go down. Yeah. And yeah. frozen is less expensive and can be just as good. I've found that if I buy fresh vegetables, we don't always get around to them. But if I keep the freezer full of the little steam bags of vegetables, I can be like, oh, we need vegetables. Throw it in the microwave. We have a side dish of vegetables. And I would rather see somebody pull a bag of frozen vegetables out of the freezer than a vegetable that's gone bad they've never gotten around to eating. Right. A hundred percent. Um. And you know what? There's a lot of really uh, cheap ways to eat well, too. I I suck at food prep. I'm really lazy (laughs) about it. Um, So one of the things that uh, I love to do, and my husband and I have made it like something that we we love doing every weekend, is we make like a soup or a chili. And we make it like from all the stuff we've bought. And then all I have to do, because I'm terrible at food prep, is take like the big Tupperware container with me to work on Monday. And it stays in the fridge at work all week. I have like healthy lunches every day. You know, and it's stuff like beans. Like beans are super cheap. They have a lot of protein in them. They're very healthy. You know, we chop up celery. The the, the vegetables that we didn't eat last week that are sort of maybe starting to wilt a little bit and you don't really want to eat them. Like all that stuff is great in soup or chili or all these things. So, you know, one cooking session because I hate cooking and, <laughs> you know, I'm fed for the whole week. So there's ways to do it on a budget too that that's doable. Our, our biggest one like that is there's an Asian grocery store uh, in town and their price on large bags of white rice just cannot be beat. Um, And so we will go and we'll buy like a 25 pound bag of white rice and it costs basically about $20, $21. And that lasts us for such a long time. And white rice is so easy to make. I mean, because it's Mm -hmm. two cups of rice, four cups of water, you let it boil, shut the heat off and walk away from it. 20 minutes later, it's good to go. And and that's what I'll make. And I'll always take that as my side dish for whatever I'm bringing to lunch. So I've got maybe about a cup and a half of white rice, you know, with my sandwich that I've made or what or whatever leftovers might be there. And it's it's a great side dish to have and it's and it's actually quite good for you. Absolutely. And that's super easy to do and you can buy one of those pre cooked chickens that most grocery stores have now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and feed yourself for a couple days on that. Yep. I did want to get to if we're wrapped up on that particular piece. Unless we want to um, um, hit calories real quick, counting calories. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to really talk about the trap of calories. Some people love counting calories. Um, I feel like the gaming community, it's, you know, we're a demographic that loves numbers. Um, so calories can be something that can be very motivating for people. If you're going to count calories, you should do some research. You should talk to some health professionals about how many calories you're burning a day as just living your normal life right now. Not hypothetical you who's going to start running marathons or whatever your your goal is. But like right now, if you are going to hang out in your normal life, how many calories a day do you burn? And make sure that you're not cutting yourself down to a very unhealthy number. At a healthy rate, you should be losing maybe half a pound to a pound a week. What a lot of people do is they, you know, they use their Fitbit or their, you know, whatever their weight loss app is, and they put in a very unhealthy number for the number of calories that they eat each day. And that can actually sabotage your weight loss in a huge way. I recommend that people don't don't count calories. Um, unless you're someone who's very into fitness and knows a bunch about your body and all that stuff, it ends up being a trap that gets you on a very negative cycle. 
that you feel like, oh, I went over my calories today. I was a failure. And then, you know, it, it you're like, oh, I might as well have ice cream now. <laughs> so I recommend people, especially just starting their weight loss journey, focus more on eating high quality, less processed foods um, and don't worry about calories. Yeah. A side note to that, I think there is some value in counting your calories for a day or two every couple of months to Mm -hmm. see where you are because sometimes I surprise myself with how much I'm eating every day and I think I'm being healthy but I've slipped a few more snacks in over time and I hate, hate, hate counting calories. It, It makes you obsess over food and that can make you miserable oh, because gosh, you're yes. overanalyzing everything you put in your mouth. And I have a history of eating disorders mm-hmm. from college. And so obsessing over my food takes me back to that dark place. And it's just awful. But it is helpful sometimes to know, oh, I'm shooting a little over what my activity level is. I need to be conscious about how much I'm snacking. Yeah, it is good to get a handle on what you're eating. And one thing that you can do and this isn't calorie counting, but, in, and I've tried this, oh, I don't know, at least maybe a dozen times, I suppose, and I've continued to fail at doing it, but it is a good exercise to do, even if it's in the short term, is writing down what you eat. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. W- whether you open up a tab and open up a Google Doc and write it, if you have a notebook, however you do it, and just making notes like, okay, for breakfast I had this many scrambled eggs, this piece of toast or whatever. And just to kind of get a gauge as to seeing what you're eating. And along with that, make notes about how you felt afterwards. So mm-hmm. like I ate this food, I had this for lunch and I felt really bloated. Okay, well then that's yeah. that you, you're making mental notes to yourself for the future as your nutrition habits kind of develop and change as to maybe there's something in that food that you didn't realize that you have a negative reaction to. Um, mm-hmm. Or I ate this and I felt really crappy afterwards. That's probably because, oh, it was this sandwich at this restaurant. So I'm not going to go there anymore and have that particular sandwich or whatever. But it allows you to at least get a little bit better picture of what it is that you are putting in your body, even if you're not doing the numbers. Right. I saw a great meme a while ago on nutrition. It said, if you get a flat tire, you don't go ahead and slash the other three. If you make a poor food, if you eat too much one meal, if you have the ice cream, don't throw away the rest of your day. Um, someone told me once, every meal is a chance to make a better choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's that decision fatigue thing as well. Speaking of fatigue, <laughs> sleep matters. Looking at all of us. <laughs> Looking at the two of us. How much sleep did you get last night? Let me update my Fitbit and I can tell you how much sleep <laughs> I didn't get last night. <laughs> This is what happens when you have a 10-month-old and yeah. a four-month-old who got herself so worked up she threw up. Oh, I mean, at five in the morning. Nice. Fun times. New parents, hooray. Yeah, my dog doesn't do that. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> All of our kids are too old for that, so thankfully we're, we're, we're right. good in that regard. We've been, But I've been there. I know what you're feeling. Yeah. I don't have children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So sleep matters. It took me until this year to really figure out, oh, wait. It turns out my irregular sleep schedule and willingness to just punch myself and stay up until 2, 3 in the morning has consequences. Who knew? Willpower is the most important part of any attempt to make yourself healthy. If you aren't in a state where you can make good decisions, 
you're not going to be able to live up to those standards you've set for yourself, live up to those goals, and you're going to feel terrible and disappointed, and that starts a vicious cycle that may last a couple of days or may knock you completely off everything you've been working for months on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Like, there's no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts there. And, you know, especially in our modern world, most of us aren't getting enough sleep. I love Chrissy, like, using her Fitbit to measure that. That's been a real game changer for me, personally. Because mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, yeah, I totally got enough sleep last night. And then I look at it, and it's like, no, you lie. Yep. And a real quick note, I do know that even if you don't have a Fitbit, there are apps you can put on a smartphone yeah. that will measure, like, disturbances on a bed. You basically just plug your phone into charge and leave it on the bed with you. And it'll right. me- use the gyroscope to measure when do you toss and turn? How much sleep are you really getting? That sort of thing. It's not perfect, but it gives some indication of where you might want to make some improvements. Exactly. I think the the biggest thing, one, you need to give yourself like enough time to really fall asleep before you count it as sleep. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, oh, I need seven hours of sleep. I'm going to go to bed at 11 and wake up at six. It's like, no, that is seven hours in the bed. That's not seven hours of sleep. So you need to make sure that, you know, know yourself like I can fall asleep like really fast like it's my superpower I've fallen asleep leaning against walls before but um you know a lot of people aren't like that especially in our modern world of technology a lot of us are sitting there on our phones and going before we go to bed and you know we set our alarm then we check Instagram or Facebook or whatever and that bright light from the screen actually makes it a lot harder for our bodies to go to sleep Mm -hmm. so there are apps I don't know the names of any off the top of my head that actually switch the colors of your your screen so it's more easy for you to fall asleep and as i know this one yeah (laughs) you do good flux there you go yeah (laughs) f dot lux is what you want to google for right does it work uh it seems to right i generally tend to leave my phone charging in a different room when i go to bed so that's great Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mine's my alarm. <laughs> yeah, I have to have it by my head because I am support for a company that sells software internationally. So if somebody raises a critical issue, I have to wake up and right. deal with it. So that phone is always there and making little noises and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's no wonder you have stress, man. <laughs> I, there are lots of reasons. I could not handle that. Lots of reasons. But <laughs> yeah. yes. One other thing, and I just learned this the other day doing some research on this. There's a hormone called leptin that Mm -hmm. is one of the hormones that your brain produces. It controls hunger levels. And when you are fatigued, the brain does not produce as much leptin. If you've ever noticed, hey, you know, I didn't sleep very much last night. I'm eating all the time. This is one of the reasons why. Your brain literally is making you feel hungrier because you did not sleep well. And some of that is an adaptation because... You know, I I just, I need more energy to keep going. I, I'm not working as efficiently. I need more stuff. Yeah. You have absolutely seen that since the baby was born. Yep. How much <laughs> more have I eaten on days when he doesn't sleep? And how much higher fat and sugar mm-hmm. are my food choices on nights when he's kept me up all day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. not good today because we were up last night. It happens. Uh, and yeah. by the way, caffeine and sugar are not sleep substitutes. No. <laughs> no. And I'm telling myself this so that when I edit, <laughs> I will hear that. I think yes. the yes. Army did a study and caffeine will only counteract sleep deprivation for two to three days and then it stops being effective. Yeah, the only real substitute for sleep is sleep. 
Yeah. And, and if you have issues in getting to sleep, of course, there's there's a lot of things that you can do. My wife is actually very good at this. One of the best things that you can do is have this kind of like pre-sleep ritual. You yeah. Know, whether it is you, you, you take care of all your ablutions and everything that you have to do before you go to bed. But then she will go into bed and she will read for a set amount of time to kind of like calm and bring everything down. And then that allows her to get to sleep much easier um, and it gives your ch- your brain a chance to rest and go away from everything that's stressing you out and all of the things you have to try and remember tomorrow and all of that kind of stuff. And so having some sort of pre-sleep ritual can help a ton. Um, yeah, you mentioned the phones and the screens and everything like that. You shouldn't be engaging in that kind of stuff, you know, about a good 30 minutes or so before you go to bed, if at all possible. So if you right. have a, if you have a TV in your room, you should probably either A, not use it or, you know, get it out of your room and leave that room just strictly for this is the room for sleeping. And if you want to watch TV, well, then that's going to be in a different room. Um, well, so, I don't know if it's just for sleeping. Well, no. Well, okay. <laughs> but right. not for TV watching, though. I don't know watching, to, to get into that. But yes, absolutely. There, there are basically, basically should be two purposes for that room. And one of them happens to be sleeping. Which usually right. happens after the other purpose. So right. Well, and yet you know Pavlov's dogs kicks kicks in here. If your body is used to watching TV while you're laying in the bed, it's going to be expecting every time you lay down to watch TV. It's not going to be programmed to sleep. So you know whatever is in your room, whatever is like you were saying, part of your routine, your body gets used to that and expects that, and it's going to be a lot harder for you to sleep if there's other stuff. Um, you know, other stimulants in the room like TVs and stuff. Although I will point out that uh, making love is also, it's a very good part of your routine. It's healthy. There's cardio involved and uh, it does help you sleep better. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm not absolutely. sure if we still have our clean rating or not. I genuinely <laughs> don't know. <laughs> All of Some those... judicious editing may be required. <laughs> All of those You'll are see. safe things to say on the radio. I, I have taught sexual education, so I know what you're allowed ah, to okay. say and not say. <laughs> right. And we certainly are not trying to shy away from biology. So No, exactly. exactly. One other thing, just because we are an explicitly Christian podcast, this is a good time to pray. <laughs> yeah, make that uh, if, part of your routine. If you do that. Yeah. yeah. I have found that that works very well for me as part of my routine and helps kind of relax me and get me more into a sleeping space. And since you won't be doing that facing a screen or something, you get a little bit of extra benefit there. Also, we alluded to this earlier. If you can get away with an old school traditional alarm clock instead of putting your phone in the room with you, do yeah. that. Yeah, it, let it charge in the living room. Yeah, there, there's a joke amongst Catholics that if you if you're having trouble going to sleep, you should try and pray. You start praying the rosary, and then you'll usually fall asleep within the you know the first decade <laughs> or so. So, yeah. and it actually yep. it works. Well, I, yeah. I actually have heard the rosary referred to as meditation, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think there's 100%. some truth to that uh, because it's it's a rote action. There's focus involved. All of those things factor in. Absolutely. And Chris, I know you in particular wanted to talk about stress reduction. Yeah, because I think, I mean, really, if, if there were if there were two things if you were to take away from this podcast that you that you really, really should do, if you just can't do the exercise, I mean, it'd be nice to be able to do everything, but getting your sleep fixed properly and reducing your stress will go an extremely long way towards giving you um, numerous health benefits and really, really benefit yourself. But yeah, stress uh, stress is such, you know, we, we're learning more and more as time goes on how much damage actually stress does to our bodies uh, across the board. And managing that stress 
is is critical to living a healthy lifestyle. And meditation is one of the many ways people engage in to uh, manage that stress. And you know, there's there's that stereotypical thing that you visualize when you think of meditation. It's it's so much more than that. Um, I may have been meditating maybe for about three years or so, and I'm incredibly bad at it. I am, I am so <laughs> I am so scatterbrained. Um, it is really difficult for me to remain focused. And I think because a lot of people will go and they'll say, oh, you know, I've got to meditate for like 30 minutes or whatever. And now, no, when I started my meditation, I started at basically about three minutes and I just set a timer and all I did was I tried to just simply focus on how I was sitting and my breathing just actually physically monitoring my breath in and out and that's and I couldn't do it for three minutes I, I could not do it but again stayed with it kept doing it kept failing but kept doing it and as I got a bit more comfortable with what I was doing, I just slowly started to add time. And I've only been able to get up to maybe, I would say, the most I've ever gone is 15 minutes, but I've averaged about 12. And, uh-huh. and a lot of times, it's uh, I've tried you know mantras, repeating words. I've tried just thinking certain thoughts. I've tried just focusing on the breath. I've done a bunch of different things. But overall, I have to say that it, it has worked a lot in as far as it kind of clears your head. It does seem to help me feel a little bit less stressed. It also works as a nice reminder when I am stressed that, oh, I may take a few moments, take a few good deep meditative breaths, and then go back and attack this problem which is currently stressing me out. And if you look at it, I don't mean to like sit here and, and prattle on forever, but if you can't meditate, there are other many other uh, stress-reducing things you can do. Of course, obviously, you know, Kimmy talked about this earlier, exercise is a great stress reducer. The other purpose of the bedroom besides sleeping, fantastic stress reducer. Um, <laughs> reading can be a good stress reducer. We are gamers. If you have a great gaming group, good stress reducer. Video games, whether they are pleasant and or violent, can be good stress reducers, depending upon if you're using them in the proper way. There's Stardew Valley. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that. It's so like yeah. peaceful and yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> Anyways, continue. I'm no, sorry. and that's it's find what works for you in regards to in regards to stress, uh, stress management, stress reduction, and make it part of your routine, um, whether it's a morning routine or an evening routine, to help kind of keep that stuff at bay and keep your life in a little bit better perspective. Um, you know, I I love the the key there um, is kind of routine. We are creatures of habit, and anyone who's worked with kids know that kids thrive with routine. And as adults, we're the same way. You know, we might like the excitement of things changing every once in a while, but if you have that routine, you know, on Sunday you go to church, you kind of meet with your community there. Um, on, you know, Monday night, you meet with your gaming group. This is what you do. You know, that routine is really kind of the key to a lot of stress reduction and, you know, and management. Every night before you go to bed, you pray, you give thanks for, you know, all the things that you, you know, feel enriched by. These are things that take, you know, little chips out of your overall stress level. So just, you know, making sure you're making time for all those things. Yeah. I've started meeting my dad for breakfast or lunch once a month just yeah. so we can spend a little more time together. And I f- I feel like that's helping my mental health a bit. Oh, that's I, huge. I have, a, I have yeah. a very nice dad, so that helps a lot. <laughs> well, um, you know, and that, that actually says 
not necessarily the the fact that you're meeting with your dad, but it, you're have you're sitting down, and you're having a face to face conversation, which is something that is kind of faded away of late because we have so many more ways of communicating with each other. But your relationships that you have with people who are important to you. Uh-huh. And the fostering of those relationships can be mentioned too. You're meeting with your community, those types of things. Or even if you're talking to your neighbors that you may not necessarily have talked to in a while, fostering those relationships, um, we're social creatures. And yeah. when you engage in that activity, you're feeding something within within you that is necessary. Yep. Our good friend, uh, Reverend Derek White, who goes by the moniker The Geek Preacher, he is very fond of talking about the table as a place where those connections happen, right? We do communion around a table. We game around a table. We eat dinner around a table. It's a place where we connect with each other and recharge and come into contact with people who matter to us. Those add a lot of stability because those are perfect time to remember that you're not trying to do all of this on your own. And if you're listening all the way through this very long episode, (laughs) we've talked about a lot of possible changes and that can feel overwhelming. It's really important to remember you're not necessarily doing this alone. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. There is. And that's, you know, and that's a nice thing too, is that that where you can go into that online communication and you can find other people who are trying to do this. I'm right now, I'm in an online writers group um, and we meet once every two weeks to talk about things. I also have sought out a, you know, a quote unquote writing training partner. He and I are going to not compete against each other, but we are fostering this relationship to help improve these certain things. And this is another form of relationship building and fostering that feeds that beast inside you that's that, that you have to feed. Yep. Like you're talking about writing. Like I feel like creative outlets and hobbies are huge, at least for me, for stress reduction. Um, you know, whether it's me, you know, creating a new cosplay, planning it out and sewing it, or painting miniatures is a new is a thing that I've gotten back into recently that I find is very, very um, helpful for stress reduction. I think it's like my version of the adult coloring books that are such a fad <laughs> right now. You know, just finding those little things that you can do, um, you know, maybe you're rolling up a character just for fun, or reading through that Kickstarter that you just got the new book for, or whatever, you know, those things, making time for those things that are you time is really, really important. GM prep actually tends to be one of the most relaxing and enjoyable hobbies I have. That's amazing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is very cool. <laughs> One other thing that I did want to throw in is if you don't have access to a lot of the face-to-face or sit-down kind of stuff, the online is better than nothing. The gaming group that Grant, Chrissy, and I are in is one of the things that keeps me, well, as sane as I ever am. (laughs) And we're in different time zones. You know, it's like there's four of us. Obviously, Grant and Chrissy are married, so they live together. But I'm in Illinois, and our other player is in a different state. And... We're spread out over a couple of different time zones and, you know, we're none of us are even within like three hours of driving time of each other, but we can still get together and get some of that social itch scratched even if we can't really see each other. One of the things that actually one of our gaming group members set up a while back was a private Facebook group with just a few (laughs) trusted people to vent about the hard things in life, brag about the good things in life and get encouragement. Absolutely. Works, work really well. Huge. Yeah. I want to end talking about willpower because willpower combined with the building of good habits and getting rid of bad habits is in a sense the core message of this entire podcast. (laughs) And we've talked somewhat about encouragement, right? Chrissy, do you want to talk about first place at all? 
well, for a while, and I didn't get very far with it, but my church did a diet group called First Place, and the big thing was they always said, this is not a diet, this is a lifestyle change, but we would meet once a week, everyone would weigh, and then we would talk about something fitness related or problems, and it was, you had the accountability, and accountability is so important, and you had people, you know, who would ask about you if you missed a meeting, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Caring for so, each other. And that's the thing I want to take mm-hmm. away from this. You yeah. know, a church men's group meeting once a month, you know, the gaming group that you're at every week. Any of these can be places to find encouragement. And this is where I want to kind of turn things around. We've been talking to you as, hey, these are things you can do for yourself. This is where I want our listeners to think about what they can do for others. When you're in those situations, look for ways to encourage people who are dealing with this right now and be open about it. Say, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this or I've just started this myself. Let's help each other out. Let's keep each other honest. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, you look good. Hey, it looks like you've been doing well. How is it going? Stay interested in each other. And that more than anything, knowing somebody cares and that you're not in this by yourself is such a huge boost. Kimmy was saying about the group fitness classes and, you know, you know, if you don't go to the 6 a.m. class, someone's going to be like, hey, you know, where were you? Is everything Mm -hmm. okay? Be that person. Notice if someone has missed their schedule. Ask how they're doing. Say hi. Go, hey, you did a great job. I know, like, nothing means more, especially to a new person starting fitness, than to have someone who's there and looks like they know what they're doing to smile and say hi or ask how Absolutely. you're doing or be like, hey, come stand by me or, you know, you want to share weights. Like acknowledging someone is there makes it so much more likely that they will come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially that's so true, especially this time of year where there's so many people, you know, starting on the fitness journey and they walk into the gym and, you know, there's all this equipment. They probably don't know how to use it all like if you know how to use even if you only know how to use one piece of equipment which is totally fine be the person who walks up and be like hey i only know how to use this one machine do you want me to show you how to use it because then you are going to make a buddy and then you can like if you're going to the gym at the same time that's a great resource you guys can work out together things like that so making those social connections like we you know just like we were talking about earlier in relation to fitness specifically it's so huge yeah. I mean, all of my best friends locally right now, I met through doing Zumba and fitness because after college, all my friends moved away and they're uh-huh. still in the state, but they're not local. No, uh-huh. the closest is what, 45 minutes away? Yeah. I mean, so my friends now, like the people I do stuff with and got to are the people I met through the gym. And right. worth pointing out, you are not the most extroverted person no. in the world. I'm you not know, at and, all extroverted. Well, and that was actually kind of the, you know, I don't want really to get like too, you know, out there with this, but in a certain sense, that is another form of fitness. You're engaging in social fitness. You know, you mm-hmm. talk about being introverted and all of this stuff that we that we have been talking about has to do with you need to step outside of this comfort zone that you're currently in because it's going to require you to do things that you wouldn't normally do and maybe in certain cases may not initially want to do. But as you take all of these various steps, you expand this comfort zone that you exist in and you'll want to continue to push yourself in that zone. And that includes the, the whole social aspect of this. Being introverted people, you may not want to necessarily always say hi. You say it feels awkward to you when you, when you do that, Grant, but yet you still 
do it and over time it is going to get easier. It's difficult for me to maintain eye contact with anyone. Um, even mm-hmm. though I can be very, very socially engaging, I still, it's hard for me to look people in the eye. But yet at the same time, I still have to make myself do that because I know that right. that's something that is required of me to do. And I know that I don't want to, I don't want to have necessarily that limitation of myself. So I am going to exercise myself in this particular way and put myself outside of that, outside of that comfort zone. Totally. You know, and there are no dump stats in life. Like Mm -hmm. in real life, we have to, you know, keep putting points in strength, dex, constitution, but we also have to add them in wisdom, wisdom, intelligence, and charisma. So even if it's not something that, kind you know, you rolled naturally, you know, build up on it. Don't stop. We are all multi-classed. Exactly. That's good. (laughs) These are ways to build up willpower. Let's talk about maintaining that willpower and using that willpower. We've talked somewhat about setting reasonable goals. Mm -hmm. Again, this is maybe one of those places where talking with a professional about where you are is a good idea. Yeah. And some of the advice that like Chrissy's had and Cammy's had and Chris has had about how to phrase those goals is vital. But keep them reasonable because... I think, Chris, you said this. There are always other goals after that. You don't have to set the final ideal goal as your starting goal. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I mean, I think not to like do overkill with like the RPG metaphors here, but like you're a level one character, you're not going to go up against, you know, the big red dragon. When you're starting on your fitness journey, the dragon shouldn't be the first goal you make. You know, start the, hey, we're going to, you know, save the kid that's in the tree. And, you know, and it may be, you know, hey, I'm going to go for a walk every day. Whatever your your fitness goal is, make it attainable and make it reachable. There's no level cap to fitness. You know, there's always the next (laughs) feat to earn, right? Right. Well, I mean, you're going for a Spartan after, you know, two C-sections. Yeah. So And a lifetime of not being healthy and not being athletic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I made... I may do the burpee penalty on almost every obstacle, (laughs) but I'm going to get out there and do it because it terrifies me. Yeah. And that's the best reason I can think of to make myself go face that down. Yeah. Yeah. Begin with, begin with keep on the borderlands. Don't begin with tomb of horrors. (laughs) Yes. This this is not a tournament module. All right. Come on. Uh, All right. Now we're in the weeds. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I've, I've talked somewhat about decision fatigue. There are ways to manage that. One of the best pieces of advice I ever heard is that if your schedule can at all allow it, go to the gym in the morning instead of the evening. Not only is it less crowded, but you make better decisions in the morning when you have not had to make decisions throughout your workday. Mm-hmm. People have done studies on decision fatigue, and they're really fascinating. And it really turns out that people can only make so many good decisions during the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that number varies a little bit, but there's a real cap. And so reserving those for those moments of temptation that you know you're going to face, like, do I turn into the gym on my way to work or do I go past it? Do I turn into the gym and, and park my car and get out? Or do I just go on home and find an excuse for why today's not a gym day? Mm-hmm. You know, ways to, to manage those moments when you have to make decisions like, hey, maybe I should find a gym that's out of the way and always go toward that gym when I leave work. Things like that. And that's mm-hmm. why ha- that's where habits kick in. Yes. My friend Corletta, who's training for a Spartan race, posted the other day, said sometimes it's harder to take a rest day than it is to not. I have to make myself take a rest day because I'm so in the habit of going to the gym and having this time and being active. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And once yeah. you have that habit, it is not a decision that you have to struggle with. Right. One thing, and I, this is like what I set up for later, I have this app that is ridiculously geeky, and um, but it's really helped me with a lot of habits in my life, not mm-hmm. just uh, health-inspired ones. Um, it's called Habitica. It's totally free. I don't get paid by them, but um, it's actually like a mini RPG. Peter is doing a little dance right now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I've been using this for over a year. Isn't it's it wonderful. the best? It's so yes. good. In the app, you can set like to-do list stuff, which for me is insane. And it can I do stuff for at work. I do stuff at home. My cosplay to-do list, all these things. There's dailies. So these are things that you can set up to happen certain days of the week or every day. So some of my daily goals are, you know, taking my vitamins, not drinking soda is currently a goal because I'm still kind of like doing that. My sleep goal is one of my goals, my daily goals, cuddling with my dog for a certain amount of time. So that's part of my my stress reduction routine. Um, and then there's a section called habits. For those two things, you you know, you get XP and uh, health and stuff like that for doing them. You get and gold if you don't too. do the dailies, you take damage. Right. So you so, got to stay on top of those. Yeah, you really have to do those. So those are super important. But then there's another section that's called habits. And these are things that are like extra. So you don't get, you don't lose um, health or XP for doing them. But for that, it's like my creative time. For me, 15 minutes of reading a day, you know, not work-related reading, like actual, you know, actually getting up in time to style my hair in the morning instead of just throwing it back in a ponytail. Things like that, like the huge variety of what may seem to you to be dumb goals. But, um, you know, drink my water goal is a habit there. So, you know, every time I drink half a gallon of water throughout the day, I get more points. Um, It's awesome. It's very um, addicting and it makes me do a lot more stuff than I probably would naturally, which is sad. But I have a really cool pet wolf and I'm very excited about the pet wolf. (laughs) And my dragon. It's good to have um, stuff in there that you will, or at least I have found this, that you will occasionally get just by living your life as long as you don't completely shut down. Yeah. Like I do either a to-do item or I think the last time I went through and redid stuff, I did a a habit for that monthly meal with my dad. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to be able to click that very often, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll come home from that and, you know, the next time I pop Habitica open, because it's a really great to-do list, too, it's like, okay, what do I need to do still? Oh, yeah, I went to lunch with my dad. Okay, click, you know, a couple extra XP. Yeah. And it's really nice. It's fabulous. Anything like that that works for you, that's really the goal. But Habitica is great. I've tried to use it before. Didn't work for me long term, but that's because of personal failings, not a fault of the app. <laughs> right. Yeah. Can I just say one thing about going to the gym in the morning? Yeah. And, and, and this may change. This may be different depending upon where you're at. But if you can go in the morning, you should, aside from the physiological uh, benefits that that do exist, but that's generally when uh, the older people are at the gym and they can be an incredible source of motivation for you when you're at the gym early in the morning and trying to, and talking yourself out of doing either one more set or going five more minutes on whatever machine you might be on. Because you'll look around and you'll see somebody who's at least 20 or 30 or 40 years older than you and they're just doing something. And you think if that person can continue to do that, you know, at yeah. that age, then they're absolutely, I can go five more minutes. So quit complaining and keep going. And, <laughs> and it really, yeah. um, I even seeing like the people, the old people walk around the track um, mm-hmm. As I'm on the as I'm on the rowing machine is, is is an incredible source of motivation for me because you know these are people who don't you don't normally see in these types of situations but they're being active and they're just right. they're great to watch too. Yeah, 100%. oh my goodness, I was on the 
group fitness page for my gym the other day and there's this lady I've seen around and she manages all the group fitness classes and I'm like you know she's like 40 45 you know she's really active they had posted happy 60th birthday oh that's awesome that's I was fantastic. like wow gym every day let's go <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly I heard someone say once you don't start aging until you stop moving yeah mm-hmm all right, we've been going a well, while. We were talking about willpower, and I wanted to mention <laughs> yes. one more thing. Talking about willpower fatigue, make the decision once so you don't have to make it every day. When you're mm-hmm. at the grocery store, make your good decisions at the grocery store one day so that you don't have to spend the next six days deciding whether or not to eat the junk food you bought. If you mm-hmm. don't buy it, if you don't have it in the house, you have to make good decisions while you're home because you don't have an option. So do things, like cheat the system, do things to give yourself an edge. Absolutely. And that's, I think, a good point to wrap things up. We've only been going about two hours. Two hours. <laughs> yeah. But it's an important two hours. It's a very important yeah. two hours. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I cannot thank Kimmy and Chris and Chrissy enough. Thank you. A, for sticking around so long, and B, for really giving some tremendously valuable advice. Thank you, all of you. Yeah, thank you very much. We didn't know probably, what, a tenth of what we know now just from sitting in on this conversation, so we appreciate your time, your expertise. It's it's wonderful. Absolutely. That's very kind of you. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, I want to remind our listeners, please comment on the episode, stgcast.org, or, you know, any of our social media sites. With your own tips, if you're looking for a solution to a particular problem, hopefully we'll have more listeners paying attention to that. Comment there and we'll, you know, try and find somebody who can give you some advice, that sort of thing. If you want support or accountability. Yeah. I I know I personally would be willing to check in with someone on social media and see how you're doing. Sure. I'm not. Heck, you do it with me. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm not a professional, but I'm happy to help other people because other people helped me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And speaking of, real quick, where can we find each of you on the internet? Uh, Kimmy, let's start with you. All right. Um, I'm all over the internet. Myself personally, not Happy Jacks and not like gaming, streaming related. Um, I am at Golden Lasso Girl on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, I'm happy to answer fitness questions there. Um, you can DM me if you know you don't want to ask in public. I also have a website, GoldenLasso.net, where I write about gaming and cosplay and fitness stuff there. I actually have some articles that have a lot of the same information that we've been talking about, kind of like random geekiness, a lot of Wonder Woman rants, uh, so be prepared for that. So that yeah, those are the best places to find me on the internet. And then if you want to be, you know, see me in gaming action, it's happyjacks.org or for our live streams, happyjacks.org slash live. Do you want to talk about your occasional Twitch streams? Oh, my Twitch streams. Yes. Um, so if you go to twitch.tv slash golden lasso girl, you will find my Twitch channel. I do cosplay and I did some miniature painting this week. I do mostly creative there. I am actually building part of my studio to do fitness stuff there as well. Awesome. So I will be streaming like some movements, tips like that. Um, that will be part of my own kind of fitness goal for this year is to get in shape by kind of being very realistic about where I'm at now and where I'm going and streaming my own workouts if I get brave enough to do that. Um, And you can ask questions and things like that. So if you're interested in that, let me know because nobody does that on Twitch right now. So I don't know if it's a bad idea or not. (laughs) I have no idea, but it sounds awesome. And I would, you know, I'm at Twitch all the time. Anyway, I might learn something useful. 
There you go. Yeah. So that's kind of my thought. And I was also going to work at um, kind of gamifying it. So like incorporating a D&D campaign or dice rolling and stuff like that into it. So we'll see. I'm, it's still kind of percolating and I still have to finish painting the room. So. Oh, well, there's that. <laughs> we'll work out. That's on my Habitica to-do list, by the way. There you go. Chris, how about you? Yeah, I'm also probably uh, all over the place as well. Unfortunately, I have n- numerous different names on Twitter, uh, where I hang out probably predominantly. You can find me at the Hussman, and that's all one word. Uh, on uh, Instagram, I'm uh, Obocop, which there's a little story behind that. But uh, and then of course, just my regular actual name, uh, Chris Hussey, uh, on Facebook. You could probably find me there, although I'm not there. And I, I do hang out occasionally on Google Plus as well. I do actually uh, enjoy that a little bit more than Facebook. I think. As a, as a medium, but uh, Twitter is where you can find me the most, and I'm always happy to uh, have a chat with you there as well. So there you go. And Chrissy, any social media you want to share? I'm on Twitter as D20Mom. I can't believe it wasn't taken, but there you go. And <laughs> yeah, you I signed w- up like three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I oh, just really? was, I was just forced wow. to join Twitter because Grant said I could not keep my random comments to myself anymore. <laughs> So I will once or twice oh, a day post yeah, something random let me, about Let me parenting. just plug as a, not a member of the Woodward family, her Twitter stream is just gold. So. <laughs> well, thank you. And of course, we are Saving the Game on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, uh, a few other places. And you can find our website, stgcast.org. We have all of our back episodes there and a number of other resources, as well as a link to our Google Plus community of listeners. Uh, plus, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash saving the game, if you like what you hear and want to support us. Uh, there are some interesting benefits to being a Patreon supporter, and uh, we'll cover those probably when we, you know, go back in time or forward in time? Forward in time. It's been a mm-hmm. while. Uh, to do the Patreon question. Again, Kimmy, Chris, Chrissy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I look forward to going through all of this and, frankly, listening to this episode over and over, learning more (laughs) each time I do. Well, thank you very much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. It was a total pleasure. Our pleasure having you on. And from all of us here at Saving the Game and everywhere else, have a good one. Take it easy. We'll catch you next time. This has been a production of Saving the Game. All episodes are produced and published under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, share-alike license. Our logo is by Ruben Smith Zimple of 3d6design.com. Our music is The Promised Place Beyond the Clouds by James Opie. You can find more of his music at nihilore.com. To hear our past episodes, to find syndication and license details, to connect with our fantastic listener community, or to contact us or support our show through Patreon, visit our website at stgcast.org or savingthegamepodcast.org. God bless, do good, and happy gaming.